If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. on Reddit this week that she called the police on her friends after they tricked her into eating chicken nuggets while she was drunk. But the whole thing sounds a little suspicious. A vegan with friends? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I appreciate the abuse. I really do. But that was harsh by my standards. But if you didn't hear that story, she's a vegan. She was out with her friends. She says she got white girl drunk, whatever that means, but uh, really drunk because she doesn't even really remember it. Um, uh, and her friends fed her chicken McNuggets knowing she's a lifetime vegan. And she woke up the next day and was so sick. I think it had something to do with how drunk you were. You were blackout, dragged in McDonald's, not knowing what you're putting in your mouth, drunk. And you think it was the nuggets that you made you sick? You had meat. Right. <laughs> That's precious. That's beautiful. It's also precious that you think there's meat in McNuggets. But... <laughs> hey, it's from a chicken. It's chicken product. Hmm? Chicken squeezins? There's a lot of stuff that comes out of a chicken. Beaks and feet. Sure. Feathers, whatever. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a humorous. Uh, don't sue us. Oh, sure. Michael, do you have my favorite clip that I've been begging for? Uh, Gavin uh, Gruesome, the governor of Cal Unicornia. You got that handy? That's the clip I need. California is what America is going to look like, regardless of who has control. California is America's coming attraction. <laughs> 
Isn't that great? <laughs> wow. So he's a massive that, power blackout. So like a week ago, he said California is America's coming attraction. Yes. Millions without power because it's windy. Junkies <laughs> on every street <laughs> clogging up parks. People crapping in the streets. Schools that indoctrin- indoctrinate your children into far left identity politics. I mean, crazy stuff. Uh, where, where, he would, he oh, would, oh, the poverty, bum. Okay, he would parry the school stuff, but some of the other stuff, even even him as a pretty you know uh, slick mouthed politician, how would he parry pointing out half the homeless people in the entire country are in California, millions of people had no electricity because it was windy. Right, idiotic environmental policies which have played into the wildfires. I mean, there's just there's so much awful. Awful governance to cite. Coming attraction for the rest of America. Pray that's not true, my friends. Or, you know, become a political activist and and vote against the progressive policies which have ruined the golden state and turned it into a pariah. How how would you like this? I don't know. Michigan, Colorado, Georgia, wherever you are. 50% of the people in your state say, I'm going to get the hell out as soon as I can. 50 per is it 50 right now is 50 percent yeah are saying they're thinking about leaving that's your coming attraction california is going to look like regardless of who has control california is america's coming attraction great scott you know nothing about energy you know nothing about chat you know nothing about anything frankly why is he threatening the rest of america like that that's a threat wow all right different topic well sort of different topic One of my favorite things to rail about is uh, Hollywood's self-righteousness and how they lecture us on how to live when they are so utterly corrupt, amoral, rapey, child molesty. Child molestation is rampant in the entertainment industry. And then you got the story, the Ronan Farrow book is coming out right now. You've probably heard about this, where NBC, through Ronan Farrow, had all the facts on the Harvey Weinstein raping and molesting and, and blackmailing women and ruining their careers. They knew it. But because they were so rapey, Matt Lauer and other executives, they killed that story because they knew it would bring more light on them. And Harvey Weinstein actually hinted that, yeah, you got sins of your own because he knew what Matt Lauer was doing. How did he know that? Is it one of those things where they can uh, they can just smell it? I wonder if they partied together. Or or Matt would tell him stories. Yeah, I was at the Sochi Olympics. And I don't know. I got one of our producers super drunk, and you know, well, what, what he did is now a matter of public record, allegedly. Weinstein would would rent out office buildings to create show like faux shell companies to convince people of elaborate plots that he was doing to get dirt on it. Right? He was using these Israeli counter black block intelligence digging in people. Who knows how many people he had looking into various things. Yeah, if you called him on any of his dirt, he would assassinate you. I mean, character-wise or business-wise or whatever. But anyway, that's all a lead-up to um, a really great email we got from Kellen, uh, who sent us a, a bunch of different links about how in the 30s, the golden age of Hollywood, that all the big movie studios would regularly meet with Nazis. With Hitler's officials from Germany, because the the Germans had gotten mad about um, All Quiet on the Western Front and a couple other movies that were critical of Germans or critical of Nazis, and all uh, all the studios, which included a lot of Jews running the studios, 
uh, gave script approval to the Nazi party because they wanted German moviegoers to watch their movies. So it's the China story. It's the China story. The entertainment industry, their willingness to put aside the most uh, horrific and obvious moral repugnance to make a few bucks. It's it's the China Disney story. It's the China NBA story. And, you know, look, I, I like movies, I like TV, the rest of it. But the idea that of all people, actors and athletes and Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors coach, would be lecturing uh, uh, the rest of us on, on moral issues and political slash moral issues. I mean, that's just, it's beyond hilarious. It's gross. It's icky. Steve Kerr, I actually, had, uh, you know what, I got a clip on my phone. I don't have it on my computer here that I can play for you. He was asked, uh, so when you're in Asia, do people ever ask you about uh, human rights abuses? And he said, listen, uh, they should ask me about people being shot by AK-47s and uh, AR-15s in their workplaces in the United States. You want to talk about human rights abuses? And as a friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Tim Sandifer, tweeted just this morning, uh, systematic starvation of of millions, gulags, concentration camps, um, versus the occasional work place shooting up, potato, potato, uh, Steve. And it's just, I've had enough. I've, and that's, you know what, that goes to your point about Trump and why he got elected and why the people were hooting and hollering at that uh, that rally, doesn't it? Doesn't that fit in? Sure. God, I'm sick of the Steve Kerrs and the Walt, well, Walt Disney's dead, but the Disney Corporation angry at Walt Disney. and the Matt Lowers and the Harvey Weinsteins and the NBC News Division lecturing us all on how we ought to live and how stupid we are. Please. Uh, so got some poll numbers, more poll numbers we should probably hit you with that are a little bit confusing. Um, they're uh, kind of contradictory about uh, what's going on. I'm looking at the Today Show region on edge. That's the whole Turkey assault in northern Syria as they roll in and uh, are wiping people out. That was either a uh, okay idea or a horrible idea for us to <laughs> pull out of there. Sure. And I tell you what, I said this very early. Was it on the air or off the air? I don't even remember. If the president ends up getting tossed out of office, Rudy Giuliani's fingerprints are going to be all over it. And I You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Well, all right, all right. Why don't I just go ahead and tell you what I'm talking about, and you, you be the judge. So a couple of uh, Rudy's pals got arrested yesterday at the airport with one-way tickets. So it, do you want to explain that story to us coming it, up? It, yeah, it's kind of sort of related. But it is related. Because uh, it's one of those stories that on uh, the Trump hating channels, it was the only story yesterday and today, and then on Fox, it wasn't much of a story. So. Well, I, I, the, the Trump hating channels are overblown it completely, um, but it's a sign of something else. Okay. The story behind the story. How about a little more mirth from our uh, King of Comedy, uh, the president, coming up, too? Also. Love it. Uh, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, get, get it. So where is Hunter? I want to see Hunter ask these questions. Hunter, you know nothing about energy. You know nothing about China. You know nothing about anything, frankly. Hunter, you're a loser. Why did you get $1.5 billion, Hunter? <laughs> so there you go. 
There's more to that, and Marshall will have it in his news coming up when he switches to the dad. But that was attacking the son, Hunter. Hunter, you're a loser. I've been following politics for a long time. If that was taking place in a local congressional race, I'd be shocked. Oh, yeah, you would think. That's sort wow. of rhetoric. Yeah. That Woo, is something. Personal. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, exciting stuff. That's Trump from his rally last night. Uh, by the way, real clear politics average. Averaging polls is a good idea because, you know, polls vary a little bit. And for the first time ever, Elizabeth Warren slightly ahead of Joe Biden on the oh, national stage. On the average. Huh? Uh, on the average yeah. for the first time. But um, there's a couple of polls, uh, singular polls that came out. Uh, Fox poll yesterday had Biden up like double digits nationally. So he may have rebounded. Um, somewhat. We'll, we'll have yes. to see over uh, coming days. But I thought this was the most interesting one. Candidate candidate with the best chance to beat Trump, asking Democratic voters that. And Biden uh, beats Warren 43 to 19 in that contest. Right. So if you ask Democrats, who do you think will beat Trump? It's 43 to 19 Biden. We've Warren. been... We've been mocking ourselves by, at the end of these discussions, mentioning how many days until the Iowa caucuses and the election. I'm glancing up at the screen. Is that up to date, Hanson? That number? 115 days till the Iowa caucuses. I mean, that's still way long enough to hold an entire presidential campaign. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Really? Seriously? But by American standards, at least you can kind of see it from here. So it'll be interesting to see then, how that develops. And there'll be about two, three weeks in that 115 days that nobody's paying much attention. Thanksgiving week and a couple of weeks around Christmas, New Year's. Right. Right. So let me explain my Rudy Giuliani thing. There's a big story today um, about a couple of associates of Giuliani. And, you know, if you're a mover and a shaker, there are a hell of a lot of people who could be accurately described as your associates. We're barely movers or shakers, and that number is easily uh, three figures. Could be reasonably described as our associates. Hmm. Um, These guys got arrested on uh, charges they schemed to funnel foreign money to U.S. politicians while trying to influence U.S. relations with various figures in Ukraine. What? Yeah. See, here's the problem, and this is why I say if... If there is a serious stain on the White House and Trump gets booted out, Rudy's going to be in the history books right next to Trump. Is it accurate that they were arrested with one-way tickets at the airport, like they were leaving the country? They were arrested, yeah, at the airport. Um, so they were there trying to skedaddle, and the uh, the G-men had to get them right there. Before well, they, they, they weren't quite sure when they were coming back, Jack. Lots of people have one-way tickets. I guess. Anyway, uh, the indictment doesn't allege any wrongdoing by the president or his campaign. And in fact, the indictment says that uh, neither the president nor the campaign were aware of the allegations or what was going on. Here's the problem, though. Rudy, and this this reminds me so much of one of my heroes, American heroes, Ulysses S. Grant who could easily be mentioned alongside Abraham Lincoln every time Lincoln's, you know, Credited with saving the Union. Bit of a drinker, the Grant. Think you, think you could drink with Grant? Uh, yeah, he likes the brown liquor more than I do, but I'm sure we could, you know, hit the local BevMo or whatever and come up with something I'd enjoy. But uh, I'd be amazed at a BevMo. Could you hang, though, or would that be your Antietam? Um, that's really inappropriate, but um, <laughs> I don't know. How much did he actually drink? 
Varying accounts, it depends. There's a couple of recent biographies that disagree completely on that. Right. Well, in the right era, among the right people, anybody who drank at all would be considered a... I mean, Lincoln didn't drink. A lot of... This is an aside that hopefully won't take all your time. A lot of the negative stuff... go ahead. (laughs) Not a lot of. Every... Almost everything you've ever heard negative about Grant, especially if you're my age... I grew up in a Grant was a corrupt, loser, drunk era. Mm -hmm. That was all put out by Southern writers just mad because Grant won the war. Yeah. And that's finally, it took 150 years for that to finally be reversed with people writing biographies and straightening that out. But that's the power of history and who writes it. Mm Mm-hmm. It and reminds he, me of a couple other great misconceptions, including the uh, the view of my people, the Neanderthals. That was based on practically nothing by some guy who knew nothing. It's like the soda straw ban. Anyway, nine-year-old kid made it all up. Anyway, where was I? Ah, yes, Ulysses S. Grant and Rudy Giuliani. Um, Grant's downfall was that he was just kind of sort of interested in being president and... There, there were a lot of people. Uh, he, he did not ride herd carefully enough on some of his cabinet members. And, and Grant was a clean guy and an honorable man. But a lot of people around him were, were doing stuff that they shouldn't have done. Um, he had all his own personal money stolen. Yeah, his yeah. personal money was stolen. That's why he had to write his autobiography at the end of his life. But he had, uh, unbeknownst to him, dirty dealers in his cabinet who would uh, get his ear and convince him that something really, really ought to happen. Um, but it was for their own benefit. Well, uh, R- Rudy Giuliani, in the last several years, he's been kind of an international gadfly, flying around and doing deals and and making money and making friends of some, you know, in some cases, some fairly questionable people. And my fear as a guy who would like to see a lot of Donald Trump's uh, policies enacted and succeed, my fear is that... And and there are a couple examples of this I don't have time to give you, but just trust me on this. He's involved with deals that are really good for Rudy, and he's making a lot of money on them, and he's dealing with some fairly questionable people over there in Eastern Europe. Because to get ahead in Eastern Europe, you've got to be a questionable person. But he also has Donald Trump's ear. And my fear is he got to the president like some of uh, Ulysses S. Grant's advisors, and said, listen, uh, for instance, and we're going to hear about this in the next uh, few days, this uh, ambassador to the Ukraine, this gal, she's no good, man. She's uh, corrupt. She's doing all sorts of things. Some of Rudy's cronies didn't like her because she didn't like them and was calling them crooks. And so Rudy got the president's ear and was telling him... uh, and, and and the president trusts Rudy, and I'm afraid Rudy gave the president some really, really bad advice that served Rudy. Well, Rudy could be paying off a series of divorces, including one going on right now. Maybe he made I mean, that'll, that'll drive you in desperation. You a little oligarch money. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Trump has taken another bite out of Biden at that rally last night. We've got the Turk invasion of Syria not slowing down a bit. And just in time for the holiday... A survey of America's favorite Halloween candies. Didn't we, I thought, didn't we do that? Oh, the, we the did least, worse. Okay. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I saw the the brilliant John Cleese, one of the uh, greatest funny men of the last two centuries. Um, and he was calling his tour the Divorce Settlement Tour. Mm. Oh, yeah. And he'd come out on stage and said, yeah, I'm, I'm touring because I owe my ex-wife a lot of money. So thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate right. his candor. 
Fantastic. Yeah, if you haven't heard this uh, clip from the Trump rally last night, it's worth sticking around. Oh, it's yeah. crazy by Trump standards. Yeah, he was uh, he was bringing it last night, no doubt. He had his swagger going. That's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Maybe you can't watch that South Park episode about China in China, but you can in Hong Kong, and they did last night. More on that coming up. Now, come on, China! (laughs) Right now, the news with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump firing him up at his rally last night in Minnesota, taking aim at, amongst others, Joe Biden and his son. Hunter, you're a loser. Why did you get $1.5 billion, Hunter? And your father was never considered smart. He was never considered a good senator. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. And the the crowd goes on for like 45 seconds cheering like this. Trump hit such a home run with that yeah. line that he backed away and just walked around the stage while people cheered. Right. It was something. Yeah, Trump blaming Biden for allowing his family to get rich while he says America got robbed. And the cheering continues. Thousands of civilians were trying to get out of the area when Turkey was moving forward with its cross-border assault with airstrikes and on the ground. On the U.S. allied uh, Kurdish forces in northern Syria, tens of thousands of people trying to get out. Turkey's foreign minister said they intend to go 19 miles into northern Syria and that the military operation will last until all, quote, terrorists are neutralized. The Turkish president is warning the European Union again against calling the assault an invasion, threatening once again to, quote, open the gates and let Syrian refugees flood into Europe. Wow. That's some hardball right there. Meanwhile, you got a fast-moving wildfire in Southern California. It began last night in Silmar, about 20 miles northwest of uh, Los Angeles. It's burned through 4,600 acres so far. It looks like a couple thousand homes have been evacuated. Meanwhile, you got PG&E starting to turn on the lights for some Northern California residents. Around, around 230,000 customers saw their power return Thursday, leaving still about another half million without power. The company started the shutdowns this week to, as they put it, reduce the risk of its equipment, sparking wildfires. Governor Gavin Newsom lamenting the shutdowns. This is respectfully, or rather, this can't be respectfully, the new normal. All right. All right. All right. And we do have a The one thing you're not going to hear from Gavin is the key aspect of this. From the forests to the utilities to, well, just in every single aspect of it, your government has failed you completely and grotesquely. He's not going to say that. Meanwhile, we have got a new Monmouth University poll out. The pollsters surveying Americans about what is their top Halloween candy, their favorite Halloween candies. And uh, in their survey, they uh, found that coming in third place with M&M's, finishing third at 11%. Now, I, could, I could eat M&M's all day long. Yeah. I just I, I try not to ever have a first one, but 
Oh, man. Do you have an M&M hierarchy with the the, mm. the original, the peanut? You got your peanut butter M&M. I think there's a new caramel one. Oh, that's out there. Mm, I'm not eating that. That's a little freaky to me. Yeah. That's, that's like going to an orgy, really. It's just morally questionable. People like you with just long like hair that. might eat it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, hippies. I like a regular M&M. Coming in second place. Well, it's about the peanuts, please. Coming in. Adult, please. <laughs> Coming in second place at 18%, you had your Snickers bar. Yeah. That's, that's a fine what, bar. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for if I'm going to eat anything it's a, for Halloween. It's Snickers bar. You got chocolate. You got caramel. You got, Does that got nougat in it? Whatever no. nougat is. Nougat, nougat's, no nougat. Nougat's gross. <laughs> nougat. um, <laughs> it's got no nougat. <laughs> no nougat. I haven't had a Snickers in ages because I'm an adult, but it does have many fine ingredients. I think Snickers, despite your, uh, your 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 witticism there, I think Snickers is kind of considered. They did a good job with their marketing, the whole hangry marketing. I think Snickers is considered a. I'm starting to get hangry, getting shaky, go to quickly stop that sort of thing for grown-ups. They did a good job with marketing that. Yeah. Because it's still a candy bar. It's a candy bar. It's got a couple of peanuts in but, it. But, but, but <laughs> it's not significantly different than the breakfast bar or energy bar or a lot of the other bars that you're eating and feeling like a grown-up. There's very yep. little difference in most cases. Doing some digging, it appears that the Snickers bar has some nougat in yeah, it. Yeah, it has. Yeah. It clearly has nougat. It's yeah, nougat I, topped with caramel and peanuts that has been enrobed in milk oh, chocolate. Enrobed. Enrobed. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Why? There's not much nougat in it, so, but because a Three Musketeers bar is all nougat, and that's too much, which is just disgusting. <laughs> well, right, it's it's horrific, but you know, don't compare it to the Three Musketeers bar, which is an abomination. <laughs> and the God, bo- I remember as a kid, yeah. multiple times having a Three Musketeers bar, eating the chocolate off the outside, and then rolling the nougat into a ball <laughs> and throwing it at an enemy. <laughs> no, then then eating it like an apple. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Gross. Oh, wow. I know it's gross. That explains oh. a lot. Yes. It- you are a weird child. Yeah. Well, I had like a 45-minute bus ride home every day in the middle of the winter. <laughs> Why did you play on your, your iPhone? Yeah. And uh, I nominate to Nougat Eater to replace window liquor. <laughs> and the Monmouth University pollsters determined that Reese's Peanut Butter Cups was the yeah. runaway winner in popularity at 36%. It's hard to beat that. It's a great candy. Yep. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I maintain that Twix is the most underrated of the candy bars. It's hard to it's hard to be disappointed with a Twix. I like a good Kit Kat. I've got to tell you, uh, a close relative yeah. to the Twix, yep. indeed. They're uh, cousins. Get that nougat out of here. I almost dropped an S bomb. <laughs> oh boy! So <laughs> I feel about no nougat for that. Uh, isn't this just a discussion of candies, though? Is there anything such? Uh, what is a Halloween candy? Mm, nothing, uh, nothing particular. I suppose right. it's got to be something you can easily put in a bag. Right, and hand out. But to... what candy isn't? Compared to what, like chocolate syrup or <laughs> <laughs> sprinkles? Right, sprinkles. <laughs> there you go. Cream people give out sprinkles. Cream corn. I need a big shaker of sprinkles to shake them into the kids' eyes. Open up your pillowcase there, kiddo. Well, for years, Jack has been giving out. Cream, cream corn. Cream corn. Yeah. Hot and piping hot cream right. corn. A ladle full for there every you, bag. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Coat the stomach for all the candy you're about to eat. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of kids, or young people anyway, 75% of Gen Xers and 50% of Millennials. Keep these numbers in your mind. Uh, three quarters of Gen Xers, 50% of Millennials uh, have quit jobs for mental health reasons. It says here. Wow. According to this survey. Wow. Did, really? have to dig into that a little bit. That further. many? I, I have not. Well, it depends on how you define it. Yeah. 
I hate this job. It makes me miserable. Is that a mental health reason? Isn't that why you quit every job that you quit? I hope my boss gets hit by a truck. Well, the pull factor, sometimes you just quit because you got a better job. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with your old job. Sure. In theory. Um, uh, Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. We'll dig into that a little bit, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Good to see you, Senator. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. How are you? Anna, thank you guys. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. She, her, and hers? Mine too. All right. All right, first question. Anyway, well, there's been a backlash, Jack, against that attempt at humor. People who wake up angry and go to bed angry because angry shows how righteous you are, are angry. I don't have time to talk about it because we got this other stuff that's good, but uh, that was at an LGBT. You're not angry enough. That was at a LBGBTQ event. Uh, all the candidates were there, and Kamala Harris comes out on stage and announces her pronouns, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, oh, so, that's right. great. That's some fine virtue signaling. Go Please away, Kamala. do not use gendered language to, sorry, to sorry. address everyone. Sorry. So you're probably, sir, with your shaking voice, one of the people we're talking about here who's having uh, mental health problems at work. So this survey has gotten a lot of attention this week. Half of millennials, 75% of Gen Zers. What's a Gen Zer? <laughs> that's is that before millennials or after? Gen Z's after, I believe. After that's younger, younger think, than Gen Z. I think my twenty-year-old daughter is a Gen Z, isn't she? So you're a millennial, Sean, and then the younger crowd is Gen Z. Everything. I, I'm Gen on the, the older edge of the millennial cusp. No, it's not Gen Z. Well, that's what it says in this headline. It's Gen Zer. Gen Zer. It's like Gen Xer. It's next. Except G- for why? G-E-N-Z-E-R-S. Gen Zers. Okay. Is the Z capitalized? Yeah. There you go. So you say Gen Zers? Yes. And that's something I got to memorize? And yes. Know? Wow. I don't think I'm going to... What gonna, are your pronouns? I don't think I'm going to know that. <laughs> An estimated 46.5 million adults struggle with mental illnesses such as... And when I hear that, I think that seems sounds awful high. Anxiety disorder. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, I don't know what qualifies as an anxiety disorder. Who determines that? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Um, I have a comment, but go ahead okay. and finish the list. But you don't have to be clinically diagnosed with a mental illness to experience the symptoms and effects of stress and anxiety, especially in the workplace. Yeah, I think we've systematically designed a couple of generations uh, to have um, mental disorders. I think we've designed a world and raised them in such a way that it's practically guaranteed. For millennials specifically, research suggests that money and work are the biggest factors contributing to their stress. Yep, me too. Supporting themselves. Me too. Me too, says man from 1850. Hey, me too, says woman from 1703. Us too, cavemen. Let's remind the audience and myself. These kids weren't born this way. They were raised this way. That's exactly what I said. It's the parents that caused this. <laughs> uh, and it's tragic. We have systematically denied our kids the opportunity to lift any weights. So they, um, this... In designing their own lives, their own activities, their own play. And then 
They get to the workplace and are thrown a 100-pound dumbbell and told to lift it. So this is a real thing. It was in the Harvard Business Review. It's getting serious attention by serious people. This is not just like a Folgers did a coffee study sort of thing. Uh, the survey, Marshall. The survey questions included how often they experience mental health symptoms. For example, sweating, rapid heartbeat, trembling, upset stomach, dizziness, or fainting at work. I've never trembled at work. Oh, yeah. I've never trembled at work. I'm not. I don't think I've trembled. Sweating. Rapid heartbeat, trembling, upset stomach, dizziness, or fainting. I've had a lot of those things, but they're usually a hangover. Uh, (laughs) So you've suffered as well. They also surveyed how it impacts their work and whether they felt like they had adequate mental health support and resources in the workplace. That's the tough part because you got the older generation that while they may have raised these kids, don't it doesn't make any sense to them. So, you know, some young person comes and says, yeah, the work you gave me makes me feel anxious. And you think, whatever, get it done, or I'm going to find somebody else. It's not that hard. Or get used to it. You'll get used to it. Right. It's the rest of your life, so get used to it. Yeah. According to the findings which are published in the Harvard Business Review, 60% of people have experienced symptoms of mental health issues in the past year. I'm, I I I have trouble figuring out. Um, the, uh, no doubt, I've got a kid with a, with a anxiety problems and a number of other problems. There's no doubt, and everybody I know has got a kid with some problem. Yep. There's no doubt. There's more of that going on. Also, we're more willing to um, take any perfectly normal human reaction to everyday life and 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 put it in a study and say that it's awful. Or shouldn't be. In that when I was young and had crappy jobs, yeah, I hated them, and it was stressful, and I hated my boss, and all that sort of stuff. But that's just that's just the way life is. Sounds like you had anger management syndrome. <laughs> There's no getting rid of that, I guess, is my point. That's a, that's a part of life. It's almost like saying uh, you know, 100% of respondents uh, said they have toes. Um, it's, yeah, that's just part of being alive. Those early jobs, maybe all the jobs you have. If you work on Wall Street in a high-pressure uh, like a situation, you're probably stressed out all the time mm-hmm. and getting paid for it. Yeah. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe if I hit the lottery and no longer have to stress over making a living, I'm going to go on a crusade uh, to, uh, encouraging people to... Uh, to convince Muslims to become Christians? No, no, no. Not Across a, the not, Middle East? Not an actual crusade. Like I'm a horse of armor? And, um, yeah. Well, I, I might. But. No, my crusade will be in favor of free play. Trying to remind people of how incredibly important free play is for children. Half of millennials... Taxpayer play, Joe. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. Oh, oh. <laughs> not, not, it's not like free college education, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Just no, let them go and free. let them do whatever they want all day long. Let's get our definitions going here. Millennials are between 23 and 38 currently. There you go. Gen Zers. No, are, it's Gen Zers. I'm not saying that. I'm not then, saying Gen Zers. Then you got to say Jenksers for Gen X. Okay. Jenksers? No, that's no. Too close that's to Jenk them. That was supposed to convince you to do the other thing. Oh. Uh, Gen that is Zers, very close to Jenk They're 18 to 22. Google it. Okay. 18 to 22. Yeah. That's very narrow. Four years, four or five years, that's not a generation. 75% of that crowd 
Generation Z, 18 to 22, 75% have quit a job partially due to mental health reasons. So any Gen Zers younger than that probably don't have a job. They aren't considered ah, for this story. good if, point. If you don't have a job, first of all, uh, congratulations finding people that age who have a job. That's fantastic because uh, I know there's a lot of people that don't. But So if you have a job at that age and it's not causing you mental stress, congratulations. Freaking lessons. <laughs> you were real close. You, that time. because me and everybody I knew at that age who had a job it was tremendous mental stress because that's the kind of jobs you get when you're 21 years old. They're very stressful. They don't pay much. They expect you to do crappy stuff. Us too. They signed a Miller in the year 1100. Shall I go on with my little list? Yeah, I just I don't think it's. Again, you are super lucky and must be amazingly talented to have landed a job that doesn't cause you mental stress. That when you're, doesn't suck. When you're 20 years old. Sucky, sucky jobs is what gives you ambition to have good jobs sucky, later in your life. Sucky, sucky jobs. You can't hire 40-year-olds. You have right. to hire 20-year-olds. Right. And that's why you're doing the sucky job. And, and are yes. our friends the immigrants. Because the progressives in America have joined with the industrialists to import a brown underclass. But so that's interesting. 75% of that Gen Z crowd have quit a job partially due to mental health reasons. Overall, 20%. The total survey respondents was 20%, which includes the 75% of Gen Zers. So it's very low mm-hmm. for, for other age groups. Yeah. That's interesting. I, that's got to be an expectation thing, because when I quit jobs I hated, I would have not told a pollster that it was for some sort of mental health reason. Yeah. Well, my boss was a jerk, and I hated working there. Um, Or it didn't pay enough. Well, yeah. It, or it, for whatever reasons I hated it, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have framed it as mental health. At the risk of going on and on, although this is my new crusade slash jihad. See, I'm bringing the Muslims mm. along with me. Wow. Obama! Wow, where did that come from, Hank Jr.? (laughs) Uh, Listen, if you spent your afternoons, and I'll describe it from my point of view just because, you know, that's the life I live. If you spent your days in the summer, for instance, inventing games with your buddies and playing them all day long and getting into arguments and settling those arguments over the rules and how it ought to be played and who's cheating and who's not and who's being a jerk and who's not... You you develop this enormous toolbox full of skills for dealing with people you're not particularly thrilled with. And you never get that in carefully supervised, uniformed, uh, organized, adult-supervised play. I I agree with that 100%. But there's also all this other stuff. Uh, for instance, you know, we're always talking about teachers and how hard it is for teachers now. And teachers will tell you that it used to be, you know, a gazillion years ago when I was in school. It was... Uh, the parents sided with the teachers, now the parents side with the kids, and so the, the par- parents tell the kids, no, you, the teacher's wrong, the school's wrong, you're not wrong, they need to adjust to you. So you mm-hmm. got that going on. Um, you also, if you go to college, or, or the clip we played of Kamala Harris, if you think you're living in a world where you get to tell people what your pronouns are, and then you get into the workplace and they don't do that, that's going to cause you mental stress. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Expectations, sure. For but ba- again, it's the damned adults to blame. By the way, yeah, for baby boomers who raised these kids, um, that's people 55 and to 55 to 73 years old. See how stupid it sounds. The number was the lowest. Less than 10% say they've left a job for mental health-related reasons. So it's 75% for the really young people, 10% for the older crowd. That's an expectations thing. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's both. God dang it! If you're going into if you're if you're expecting jobs to be fun and fulfilling and not stressful, oof. And always nurturing and respectful, and they'll memorize your pronouns. Way to go, education system. Oh. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.